morning and happy Mother's Day. My name's Susan Buckner and I've been asked to share a message to recognize and honor mothers among us and all those who choose to nurture, train, and empower others to reach maturity. As I get started, I'd like to recognize two of the mothers who have loved me and shaped me by their example. First is my mother. Her name was, is Clotilde Jenkins Harris. And she grew up in the Depression, riding ponies and picking cotton on a farm in West Texas. She was an accomplished public speaker and dreamed of being a lawyer and a politician one day before she married a dashing young pilot named Jack. They lived their lives in the service of their country, raising four daughters. I, she, she taught me more than I can tell you about love, courage, and kindness. I'd also like to recognize Mark's mother, Annette Buckner, who we lovingly refer to as Nana. She helped her husband, Luke, pastor churches for over 50 years. She is smart, immensely talented, vivacious, and above all, kind. She has loved me like a daughter, and her children, Mark and Renee, and all her grandchildren, and now her great-grandchild, adore her. Happy Mother's Day, Nana. And finally, a shout out to my daughter, Dorothy, who's having her first Mother's Day today with her three-month-old daughter, Jaina. Now, when I was thinking about what I could share today that would be appropriate to honor mothers and to encourage all of us, my mind went back to a memory, a memory of myself as a young woman, maybe about 27 or 28 years old. I remember still feeling very much like a little girl and wondering when I would be a woman. Or another way to put it, when would I feel grown up? You see, even though I was by every measure an adult, I was old enough to vote, sign a contract, I had taught school, I paid my own bills, I graduated from medical school, and I was even married to this amazing young man named Mark, who was going to change the world. I still thought of myself as a girl, and it seemed like everyone else did too. I remember that at times when, as a young doctor, I would be doing rounds in the hospital, I would be leaving a, a, a patient's room, a young child, and the parents would call out to me as I left saying, when is the doctor coming? And I would just sigh and later joke about putting a sign on the back of my white coat that said, I was the doctor. Looking back, I think that I not only wanted to be taken seriously, but I think I was also looking for a sense of maturity and substance. So one day when I was thinking about this, I felt like the Lord said to me, maturity comes when you invest in the lives of others. You see, true maturity is when we look beyond ourselves to take care of other people and seek what is good for them. This is basically a description of motherhood. Therefore, today we celebrate mothers for their essential and life-giving actions and learn, want to learn from them about how we too can grow in maturity. Today I'm going to share two aspects of mothering that I see in the Bible. This is not a comprehensive list just two that I want to highlight today. First, mothers bring comfort and care. What picture comes to mind when you think about motherhood? Perhaps it's the same one that I think of and imagine. I think of a mother holding and rocking her baby. 
This is perhaps the quintessential picture of motherhood. Interestingly, it's also how the Apostle Paul described his experience of pastoring, of planting and pastoring a church. When he says in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 7, he says, Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but with our lives as well. Perhaps you're thinking of a serene moment. But from my memory, this care and nurturing that Paul refers to is not always serene. I remember many times rocking a fussy baby in the middle of the night, feeling desperate, unable to quiet, calm or quiet them. I remember my heart beating fast and feeling frantic. I was trying desperately to find the magic song or the movement that would bring an end to their distress and, and mine. I remember rocking back and forth, back and forth what seemed like hours. And I remember um, repeating the, the verse, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then I'd say it again, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You see, I was holding this baby and trying to quiet him and thinking, oh, Jesus, help me. And um, that verse would comfort me while I comforted the baby. So caring and comfort often bring us to the end of ourselves and make us vividly, poignantly aware of our own physical and emotional limitations. By its nature, caring is inconvenient. The need does not wait until we have spare time or we have had a good night's sleep. It also requires self-denial and going beyond what you think you are capable of. But somehow, in the long hours, God gives you strength and compassion for this little soul. And he brings peace. And you survive, and he or she survive and you both grow. Mothers, in the past eight weeks of this coronavirus epidemic, perhaps you too have been pushed to your limit. You have persevered and improvised. You have done without. You've recycled, repurposed, and reused. For those of you with children in school, at first you took the announcement that school would be closed for two weeks in stride. You were subbing, you told yourself, but as time went on, you've taken on the roles of principal, music teacher, guidance counselor, IT technician, and even the barber. All this while you have continued to shop, cook, clean, bathe, and many cases somehow have managed to squeeze in your own work and get it turned in to your employer. So what do I remember from those weary days when I've poured myself out? Well, I remember that God met me, and he gave me strength to push through when I wanted to give up. And then I also remember an immense sense of satisfaction and thankfulness at the end of the day for the relationships that were forged in the, in the, in the battle. Like mothers, everyone who invests in others with care and comfort paves a way for others to mature and grow. And in the process, they themselves grow. 
Another mark of, the, of maturity is the ability to speak the truth in love and to bring reconciliation. Not surprisingly, mothers get the opportunity to practice this and refine these skills a lot. Let me start with a story. When I was a first-time mom, I began to learn how to love and discipline Dorothy, my firstborn. Um, and as I did, I, be I came um, to rely on this, what I now call the love, truth, reconciliation sandwich as a pattern for bringing discipline in her life. And at the same time, um, making her secure that I loved her so much. This is how it worked. Picture little Dorothy, and she would declare, maybe, no, I won't, whatever it was that she wasn't going to do. At that point, our relationship started deteriorating quickly. So a consequence was given. To this day, she tells me that she remembers that I would tell her, I love you, honey, before, during, and after the consequence. Then I would wait for her to be ready to talk with me about it. Sometimes I would approach and say, are you ready yet, honey? And she might at first say, no. And so I'd wait, I'd come back a little later and say, are you ready yet? And I might then hear a small voice saying, yes, mommy, I'm ready. You see, I was waiting for her heart to be open to me and then I would sit down with her and put her on my lap and ask her to tell me why what she did or said was wrong. And she might say something like, hmm, when I did that, Mommy, I, I, I wasn't honoring to you. You see, we talked a lot about honoring in our family. Or she might just, she might have said, I don't know. In which case, I would have just explained it to her. So here we were establishing truth. She and I were coming to an agreement about what the problem was. Then she would often in tears say, I'm so sorry, mommy. And, and I would say, I forgive you. And Jesus promises that he'll forgive you too. And that you can start over with a clean heart. Would you like to start over? Then we'd have lots of hugs and kisses. So can you see how the love, truth, reconciliation sandwich was made in that story? Well, the first layer was love. I was motivated by love to teach her and to have a good relationship with her. Proverbs 3, 11 through 13 says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Correction and discipline should always flow from a motivation of love. Truly desiring what is best for someone, not about being right or winning or even getting justice. A mother who diligently teaches and disciplines her children truly loves them and desires for them to succeed and be in right relationship with God and man. This, this requires courage and vision. Courage to do something that's difficult and vision because she's willing to experience short-term difficulty 
to achieve long-term fruit. Hebrews 12.11 describes this long-term fruit. It says, Now discipline for the moment seems not to be joyous, but difficult. But in the end, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. Now the next layer, the second layer of the sandwich. Truth. Think back to the story. Why was establishing truth important? Establishing truth was important because we were agreeing about what was important. The full scope of truth entails instruction, training, as well as delivering discipline. But today, for today's purposes, I'm going to focus on the discipline part. In the pediatric world, the word discipline is also often synonymous with setting limits and is a way of knowing where one's boundaries are. Psalm 16 says, the boundary lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Not the boundary lines that I wanted, but the boundary lines that were fallen or were given to me. You see, understanding one's limits and expectations brings peace and security in relationships for both children and grown-ups. Giving truth and discipline also requires discernment. For example, a parent must divide between childishness or failure, which is related to their developmental stage. For example, a three-year-old starting but not finishing a, a task and willful disobedience. We see both must might require some correction, but the kind of correction might be different. Truth also must be delivered with compassion and humility, remembering that we too are given in errors of judgment and the inability to fully obey. This is how the Father um, sees us when he brings um, correction to us. Psalms 103 says, 103 verse 12 through 14 says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows how we are formed and he remembers that we are but dust. And finally, for the third part of the sandwich, reconciliation. Looking back on that story about Dorothy and me, how did reconciliation come about? And why was it important? First, the goal of every correction or discipline should be to achieve reconciliation and restoration. Galatians 6 verse 1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore that person gently. This verse highlights the ability to restore as a sign of maturity. You see, sin breaks relationship. And truth and discipline, when applied the right way, softens the heart and opens the way for grace to be received and relationship to be restored. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17 um, says, Godly sorrow leads us to repentance and brings salvation. Finally, just as Dorothy, we cannot restore ourselves. Restoration and reconciliation requires an act of forgiveness and an extension of grace. This is what God has done for us. In 2 Corinthians, Paul describes 
Jesus when he says, God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness or in right relationship with God. He lets us start over with a clean slate. I recently experienced one of these love, truth, reconciliation sandwiches when I had a conflict with a dear friend. At first, the sting of her rebuke left me feeling defensive. But after a little time went by, my heart softened, and I truly felt remorse for the way I had disappointed her. Then a few days later, we talked again. I expressed my remorse, and so, she, and so did she, for the conversation gone wrong. A few tears were shed, and we both extended forgiveness to one another, and we said, I love you. Because of this coronavirus thing, we haven't hugged each other yet, but we will, and we are starting with a clean slate. So you see, this love, truth, reconciliation sandwich works for adults as well as for children. In summary, maturity comes when you invest in others by caring for their needs, speaking the truth in love, and extending forgiveness and reconciliation. This will often require sacrifice, perseverance, courage, discernment, compassion, and humility. But God will meet you in your weakness and give you grace and strength for the task. So as we close, I would like you to consider three possible action steps. First, do you need to be reconciled in your relationship to God? He promises new life to all those who repent and trust him. And he even took the punishment for our sins upon himself so that we could be reconciled to him. If you feel far away because of guilt or shame and you want to be brought close, I invite you to just repent and ask him to forgive you and make you his child and he will draw you close. Secondly, perhaps as you were listening, you remembered how your mother or someone else extended themselves on your behalf to serve you or to correct and restore you. I invite you to write them a note or send them a text to say thank you. And finally, in whom and in what way is God calling you to invest in others? If you would like an opportunity to pray with others in response to this message, I invite you to come back at 1145 to the same Zoom meeting we were just in, and there will be an opportunity to pray in a small group. If you would like to find out more about following Jesus or would like a pastor to follow up with you, just send a text to the number on the screen with your name and someone will reach out to you. And as we go, I'd like to pray over you this blessing from Ephesians 414. I pray then that we will no longer be infants tossed in back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Amen. Have a happy Mother's Day.